0: All right, how are we doing? Good. Not good? Ah, that's okay. Um, one of them just asked me, he saw me at Chipotle yesterday, and he asked me if I threw up at it because they've been having problems. I appreciate the concern. I did not. I made it through. It was really good. I made it through. Um, thank you for your concern. That is awesome. All right, a real quick story for you, and I'm going to tell you uh, what we're talking about. Obviously, we're talking about the Bible, but before we do, I've got to tell you the story. So my parents have some friends, some family friends that live in New York, okay, and in New York, what their job is, is they basically help people that are selling things at garage sales. So like they'll sell tables, chairs, old stuff that you would sell. How many of you have done a garage sale? Some of you guys. So you don't get a lot of money out of stuff usually. Like you're only talking like 1500 bucks would be the most. You're like giving things away for cheap. So they just help people. They put them up for auction to see how much they can get. And then they tell these people what they can get for them. It's kind of that type of deal. So this one family found this painting in their basement. They found this painting and they were like, this thing's probably not worth a lot. Maybe we can get some like 10, $15 out of this painting and it'll be great. It looks ugly, it's not that cool. We'll just see what happens. So they go, give it to the auction and they start getting these updates on their phone from this guy that's like, hey, this is what you just got offered. And it was like $10. Fifteen, And then all of a sudden it was like $500, $600, $1,000. Okay, now it's $10,000, $50,000. It's at $250,000. It just kept growing, growing. And it sold for over a million dollars, this painting. Sold for over $1 million. It was just sitting in their basement for like 20 years. And they thought it was worthless. And they found out what had happened is these experts were at this auction. And they saw the painting and immediately knew that it had way more value than they thought that it did. The reason it had more value is because it was a painting by this guy named Rembrandt. He's one of the most famous artists of all time. This is worth millions of dollars. And sure enough, a museum later came in, and just last week, they bought the painting for $5 million. So this painting cost, this just happened, $5 million for what they thought would get them like 10 or 15 And it's all because there were experts in the room that knew, no, that's a Rembrandt. That is a very very expensive, valuable painting. Now here's why I tell you that story. This is why I tell you that, okay? Had they not had those people tell them what was valuable, they would have totally missed it. They would have totally missed it. And in our world today, in the world that we live in today, a lot of people do not think that the things that God loves are valuable. So the things that God loves and cares about and values, our world would say, nah, it's not really valuable. It's not valuable to be humble and to serve others with your time. Like the AU crew, I tell them this every week. They're going to ninth grade and then some of your leaders, they're giving up their Wednesdays to serve. And our world would say, that's crazy. Go do something else. But God says, no, 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 it's valuable to serve. It's valuable to admit that you're weak and need a Savior. That's valuable to do. It's valuable to follow Jesus over trying to be successful at something, make a lot of money, be really popular, whatever it is. They're saying Jesus is more valuable than that. Our world doesn't believe that. Our world doesn't believe that at all. But here's what's cool. God does not just leave us there to have to guess what's worth living for, what's really valuable, what's worth pursuing with our lives. Think about this. You make decisions. I want you to think about this. Look at me. You make decisions every day on what's valuable, how you spend your time, how you treat somebody else, who you wanna hang out with, those types of questions. Whether or not you're listening to a message right now, you make decisions all the time based on what you think's valuable. Is it more valuable to do this or this? Here's what's cool. God doesn't leave you there. He gives you his word to tell you this is what's true. This is what's really, really true. This is what's really, really valuable. This is what's worth spending your life in. Okay, think about that. The God that created everything. When you go out there, when you look at the stars, you look at the trees, the God that created everything wants to talk to you. And he does it through your word. I have people sometimes say, I just need a sign. I need God to tell me something. And he has. He's told you something in his word. And what I want to tell you tonight is this. I want to tell you, how do you actually read it? Why should we read it? How do we read it? And that's what we're going to talk about. So check this out. This is a verse that was our memory verse tonight. And I want to explain this to you. All right, This is 2 Timothy 3. We'll start in 14 on this one, Nathan. This is 2 Timothy 3. Now those of you that have been in my Bible studies, you might remember this, some verses from this chapter. But this is what happens. This guy named Paul is writing this book. And where he wrote this book is he was in jail. So he's in jail when he's writing this. And the reason he's in jail is because he's in trouble that he's a Christian. So he's about to get killed for his faith. He knows he's about to get killed for his faith. And he's writing this letter to a younger guy named Timothy to try to get him ready for what's going to happen when Paul dies for his faith. Think about that, how legit that is. That's hardcore. be like if you guys that are Christians in here tonight were arrested right now and went to jail for your faith and then you could be killed at any time. That's what was going on there. So he's trying to prepare them to live in a world of people that don't really value God, that don't value Him, like the world that we live in today. So look at these verses. This is what it says, 2 Timothy 3. So he says, But as for you, continue in what you have learned, and have become convinced of. That's the word, okay? And have become convinced because you know those from whom you learned it, and how from infancy. That's when he's saying, when you were a little kid, you knew the Scriptures which were able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Christ. This is what he's saying. You cannot know how to be saved without the Bible. If it weren't for the Bible, we would not know how we can be saved for our sins. That's what he's saying. He's saying, don't abandon that message. And this is what's really cool. Some of you guys in your life, your story has been the exact same. When you've heard the word... Talk to you, it has so much power in it that God actually uses it to help you believe in Him for the first time. And he's saying, if it had that much power, don't leave it. And this is another reason why He says not to leave it. This is verse 16. This is one of the most important verses in the Bible. It says, all Scripture is God-breathed. So picture that. Picture what it's like if God is breathing out the words. Think about that in your mind. This is what that means. This means that the very words we have in the Bible are exactly from God, perfectly from God. The words that we have from Genesis to Revelation are exactly what God wants you to hear. So when you're reading the Bible, it's like you're having a conversation with God himself. That's amazing when you think about it. That's amazing when you really, really think about that. That's so much power it has. It's straight from it. It's written through regular people like you and me. So they got to use their own unique voice. They got to talk how they wanted to talk. But the words are what God wants us to have. So it's totally perfect. And if it is true, if that's true, that these words that we have in the Bible are God-breathed, this is what that means for us. It means that it is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness so that the servant of God be thoroughly, that means totally equipped for every good work. Here's what that means. Let me just sum that up for you in one sentence. And Nathan's going to hit this. And I really want you to hear this. God's word changes lives. I want you to hear that. That's what he's saying. He's saying if this is God breed, if these are the very words of God, the same power that created the world is in the Bible. It's not just a book you read for school. It's powerful. If you're in it, My, I have a professor at the school I'm at right now and he does a lot of brain stuff and he has done studies and he says that if you read the Bible over time, it literally changes your brain. It literally changes how you think, which changes what you care about, changes what you value, which changes how you live. Literally, it actually changes your brain when you're in it over time. It's like Paul knew what he was talking about. The Bible changes lives. And if you're in it, It really will. And this is why I changed life. This is the next statement, Nathan, if you can hit this. If you read your Bible, if you're really in it, you're going to know God. You're going to know God like a friend. Not just about God, not just this guy at church that we talk about. You're going to know Him personally like a friend. Can we hit that next one, Nathan? You're going to know Him like a friend. And if you know God, you're going to know Him, you're going to trust Him, and you're going to love Him. The more you know about Him, the more you truly know him like a friend, you will love him more. You'll care more about him than other stuff. You would way rather be with God than be on a winning team. You would way, way rather be with God than have all the coolest stuff in the world. The more you know him, you'll see he's more awesome than anything else. That's what we have in the Bible. It's not just a rule book. It's not a rule book. It shows us who God is so we can know him deeply like a friend. And then everything else doesn't look as valuable. This is what I want to show you then. I want to read this to you. If we really did this, if we really read it and let it change our lives, what would happen 10 years from now, 15 years from now? I want to give you a vision for where you could be years from now if the Word of God really starts to change your life one day at a time. It'll happen slowly. It'll happen very, very slowly. This is a poem that a pastor of mine wrote years ago. I kind of edited it a little bit. If any of you want it, I can give it to you. This is what he says. He says, One day... If you're in the Word, this is the effect that it's going to have on your life, and then I'm going to give you five ways to read the Bible, and we'll be done. Is that cool? Awesome. This is what he says. One day, so if you're in the Word, I want you to really think about these words. One day, you will live every day for a purpose and adventure that will impact other people's eternity. One day, you will be able to answer the biggest problems in the world with confidence. One day, you'll be able to face the most difficult circumstances with hope, Encourage. One day you will be sought out by other people to give them comfort, guidance, and leadership in their hard times. One day, I want you to hear this one. One day you will be able to stand firm against your sinful desires, remaining pure even though everyone around you gives in to the temptations of the moment. Think about that one. That's pretty awesome. All right. One day you'll be able to speak with wisdom, courage, and boldness while others are uncertain, constantly changing based on what other people think is popular. One day you'll be able to stand strong while others crumble. One day you'll speak and others will be encouraged by your words. One day you will be able to reveal truth to other people they will change their lives. One day you will be blessed, which means happy and joyful, because you will delight yourself in the word. Think about that. That's awesome. Who wants that? That sounds really awesome. I want that. And that's what you can have one day at a time. As you're in the Word. Um, I've said this before, and I'm going to give you five ways to read it, and we'll be done. I have an iPhone in my pocket. I'm using it to record this message. Some of you guys have iPhones. They're very cool devices. And here's the deal with an iPhone. I didn't make the iPhone. Apple made the iPhone. Now, y'all probably know a lot about it, but who are the experts on the iPhone? Steve Jobs. Apple, right? And Steve Jobs invented it. He's no longer with us. But theoretically, if I wanted to know the best way possible to use the iPhone who would I ask Apple. yeah I'm going to ask Apple that's who I'm going to ask because they invented it right I love y'all I'm not asking you I'm going to ask Apple because they're the geniuses in the same exact way who invented the world who invented life God did. God did so if I follow his word this is what I'm doing I'm lining myself up with the way the world is supposed to work I'm valuing and caring about the way it's supposed to work that's going to lead to my joy that's not going to rip me off from the fun stuff. That's going to lead me to joy, which is awesome. How do we do it? Let me give you five very quick things. These are in your newsletters this week. but We actually give you a weekly plan that you can do to read it. And I recommend starting in one of the Gospels, which is what we have. So if you want to read it, you're like, that sounds awesome. I want to do that this week. I'm going to give you five quick things. You can talk more about it with me. They're in your newsletter. And then you're going to have a good amount of time to play this game. So here we go. I'm blowing through these. Pray. We can't understand the Bible unless God helps us. So we've got to pray. I pray as I'm preparing for a message even. I'm constantly praying. Like I'll work and then I'll take a break and say, God, help me prepare this. Help me understand this. Constantly praying to help, ask God to help me understand it. If you pray when you read, God's going to help you understand what you need to understand, which is pretty cool. Here's the second one. Ask great questions. How many of you have ever read the Bible and it's really confused you? And they're like, what the heck does that mean? Yeah, it's okay. It confuses me all the time. The best thing to do when you're confused is to ask those questions to somebody. So I recommend if you want to read it, be like, I'm going to start in the Gospels or something like that. Find some friends that want to do that too. And you can even get me involved. I know some of my older guys that do this will be like, we want to read through something. We'll get a group text. And randomly, they'll just say, hey, we were in Matthew 2 today. That didn't make sense, Will. What do you think? And I gladly will do that. Gladly will help with that, so you guys can do that. I will totally make myself available for something like that for as many of you. And I don't have to do like 600 texts. We'll have to figure out data or whatever, but we'll do it. Okay, so that's the point. Ask great questions. That's the only way to learn. Here's the third thing: understand the author's meaning. Okay, this is what's cool. Paul, I just gave you an example. When Paul wrote that, he was in jail. How many of y'all know Philippians 4:13? I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Yeah, it's an awesome verse. I learned the hard way it's not talking about lifting weights. I tried that. I was like, I bet I can lift a lot in a powerlifting contest in high school because I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. And I almost died because the thing fell on my chest. So that's not what the verse means. Now, if you know what it means, Paul's writing it when he's in jail. So what he's saying is no matter what happens in my life, I can go through anything because God gives me strength. That's awesome. That's so much better than thinking it means lifting weights. It's talking about the real stuff. That's what it means to understand the meaning. I know what's going on around the verses, so I'm able to figure out, I think this is what he really means. Does that make sense? Pretty cool. Here's the fourth one. Find a takeaway. The purpose of the Bible is not just so we're smarter sinners. It's so that it actually changes our lives. Think of one thing that would happen if I read this. It would truly affect my life. And here's the last thing. there's one thing to remember tonight, if you don't remember anything else, This is it. Number five is the most important thing. This is what's really awesome. Look at me for this last part, and then I'm done. When you look at the Bible, from Genesis all the way through Revelation, I really want you to hear this tonight. It's not about you, and it's not about me. We, a lot of times, read the book like it's a rule book, trying to tell me to be good, don't be bad, so that God's happy with me. That's not what it's about. From Genesis, and I could show it to you if you want, all the way through Revelation, the book, the Bible, is about Jesus Christ. It's about Jesus coming to save sinners. The Old Testament predicts it. The New Testament shows it. The entire book is full of the gospel, that Jesus Christ came to save sinners like you and me. So if you're here tonight and don't believe that, I want you to check out the Bible and see that God's not mad at you for your sin. He loves you and sent his son to die on the cross for you and you can be totally forgiven. And if you already do believe that, here's what I want to encourage you with. I leave here and I'm going to make mistakes this week and so are you. And we're going to make mistakes. And we're going to feel guilty about some of the things we've done. I have that happen all the time. I'll be driving. I'm like, oh my gosh, I can't believe a while back I said that or I did that. And it causes me guilt, right? Some of you have felt that. And I've got to constantly remind myself that the gospel means that Jesus Christ paid for that 100%. So that when God looks at me, He sees someone who's loved, delighted in, forgiven, totally holy now because of Jesus. That's awesome. The whole book, if whatever you're reading, you're like, where does this show me Jesus? Where does this point me to the gospel? You're on the right path because that's the path that God's on when He wrote the book. Let me pray and we'll play a game. All right, y'all did awesome. Thank you guys. You'll see it's a very fun one. It's going to test you. Lord, we love you. We thank you for your word. Pray that that short message helps us learn how to read it. And most importantly, we would see your son in it. It's in his name we pray. Amen.